0: A couple of body horror films uh, that uh, are made from basically the same period. Street Trash, which I think we'll talk about second, actually. Um, Was made in 1987, uh, while Society is a 1989 film. Um, And uh, in in both cases, made by people who did a lot of other important work and have done a lot of other important work that is not necessarily um, this really of this caliber and this uh, edginess. But um, although, uh, you know, I have to say that Brian Yonza has done some. It brought us Reanimator. Yes. Uh, So we'll talk about those. But what, um, so we associate body horror with Frankenstein initially. Is that that what you would say? And why don't you walk us through uh, some of just some of the basic axioms we need to know about body horror and capitalism?
1: Oh boy. Um, So I think there's been an element of body horror, like, I think Frankenstein's a really good place to, I guess, say, yeah, this is this is a beginning, but it's been part of horror um, all the way back to, to folklore and, and you know oral tradition. Um, the scariest thing that can happen is that like your, your body betrays you, um, especially in a way that is novel or supernatural um, and completely outside of your control. When uh, films started to tackle body horror, um, especially like in the work of David Cronenberg, you get some really interesting uh, theoretical lenses, like how uh, different facets of society, of hierarchy, of capitalism, or the patriarchy, um, specifically hijack your body. I think it's, like, safe to say that both of these movies, or Society especially, are, like, if Cronenberg was fun, um, they're a lot less, or at least Society is, like, less dark. um, Like, a a less dark uh, look at body horror. I don't know where I'm headed with that. (laughs) But, Um. But the first time I watched Society, I was like, oh, this is, like, Um, all of the really like over the head, uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: stuff that you would see in, um, in a Cronenberg movie or even in, uh, like H.R. Geiger, like, uh, alien genre. Um, this is like, this is like the campy, like silly version. Campy and
0: on the nose. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's not, not,
0: uh, we, we hosted uh, a an esoteric film night. We host periodic esoteric film nights here at Solidarity House, and we hosted a night with Society. Uh, and I think that the sort of the number one reaction that a lot of people had, because you know Society was made uh, in 1989, and we're even more cynical and kind of don't give a fuck now. Uh, and so irony and things like that. I mean there's all sorts of things and so I think the number one thing people said was this is very on the nose uh, this you know clearly uh, um, you know Brian Yonza has a a very clear message uh, to send and almost you know sends it in a in in kind of a painfully obvious oh, way. oh
1: yeah I think he like I think the whole thing just really walks the line between um. Camp and like being being like too on the nose. I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not um, you know James Woods like saying "Long live the new flesh," but um, you know I think... no. And we <laughs> watched
0: Videodrome. We have also watched Videodrome. We watched it in our very first uh, esoteric film night, and uh, uh, in both cases, it was the second film we watched, and we would watch earlier. The earlier films were older, much older films from the '30s and, and '40s, um, and so. Uh, including Bride of Frankenstein, which mm-hmm. I would love to do do a whole we, show with We you should do a
1: whole Frankenstein on, like, And a whole,
0: maybe a whole Frankenstein a, a suite. yeah a Frankensteinian um, uh, mythology Mythos uh, would be yeah. outstanding. yes. Um, but yeah, so so anyway, society, uh, 1989, uh, Brian Yonza directed, also, you know had, has had brought us uh, by then uh, the immortal, Reanimator um, and uh, is involved in a lot of Lovecraftian work. Mm-hmm. Um, and some that is uh, society, which is made after Reanimator, is not Lovecraftian in theme, um, but is certainly in many aspects of form and visuals uh, uh, m- very much of that vein.
1: Yeah, it's there are elements of it that are surreal to the point of like unreality
0: sure and uh and the way in which you come go the, the way in which the film moves from uh very sort of real campy uh we have to do this scene where they're making out mm-hmm. uh and you know and then into uh especially you know in the, at the climax and in, in the end of the film um uh, it goes in and out of that is what makes it an unsettling film. I think in in a, in a good way and makes the dumb parts of it the, mm-hmm. or the not as enlightened parts of it uh, more tolerable to a, to a junk, to a horror junkie and film junkie like myself. Sure.
1: I, I, I love it all. Um, I'm, I'm fine with the, I'm fine with the bad parts too. <laughs> um, it has almost like a, Veronica Mars vibe to it for a while. It's like this, Mm -hmm. like, borderline noir, like, there's a mystery going on.
0: Well, and it's an (laughs) archetypal film. It is a film about a teenager. Um, It's a parental discovery film. A, I, you know, my stepmother is an alien, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of archetype, Um, you know, which... uh, uh, um, What is the name of the short story... Uh, the 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 dad thing or the mom thing. I can't remember. I may, uh, if I can track it down. It's a
1: Bruce Calling thing? But it's
0: a, I thought it was, it, I first thought maybe Ray Bradbury, but then I thought, no, it's after. I mean, it's a little, or it's a younger author, I think, mm. than Ray Bradbury, but I can't remember. But it's the same thing where a kid sees his parents doing these things and it turns out they've been taken over by aliens. But it's the mm. same, the archetype is, my parents are actually monsters. My parents Mm. are actually aliens. My parents are actually members of a cult. In this case, members of a cult. Um, And so it's this parental discovery archetypal film um, where uh, a teenager played by Billy Warlock, which is his real fucking name, (laughs) um, and who is on fucking Baywatch uh, 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 as a lifeguard. He played a lifeguard on Baywatch. And my friend Rich... Was on one episode of Baywatch uh, when he was an actor in L.A. Uh, and got to strangle David Hasselhoff with a chain, with a oh, bike wow. chain or something like that, and then later on gets the shit beat out of him by David Hasselhoff in the end. At the end, so he's like one of the one of a bad, you know, beach, bad beach gang members. <laughs> he's a bad or beach guy. <laughs> so, so that so I'm so I am about twenty five degrees removed from Billy Warlock. Wow, um, who, that's a- uh, is uh, who was um, who played this lifeguard, I guess, on Baywatch, which I never, I never really watched Baywatch. So, but anyway, but it's but it's about the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the very late eighties, and he learns that his family and all of their bourgeois friends are really are who are really the one percent of the community. They're really not just. People with a job or money, but you know, they're, people yeah. who are like really leaders of the community are part of a cult that practices incest, incest, and shunting. Yes. Shunting.
1: Shunting. Um, yeah, they're not even just a cult. They are so far removed from from any other class uh, that they are a different species. Um, That's capable of this, like, really gross, um, like, flesh pile (laughs) act um, that is, like, I think supposed to be both sexual and, like, culinary.
0: Well, they have sex, though, as a, I mean, I feel like sex is an early stage of Mm -hmm. shunting or it's pre-shunting. Yes. The pre-shunting is the sex. And it's incestuous and it's, you know, orgiastic. Uh, yes. And then from the sex, they move to the emergence, melding together, melding their bodies together.
1: And, I mean, we, I'm going to have to say the word eventually, aren't I?
0: The the sort of
1: climax, at least, of, of part of this is this, like, scene of what is technically describable, I guess, as fisting, but you know to uh, to a whole to a to a degree that is
0: uh what comes out um, your
1: mouth (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like how do i how do i describe this as like Mm -hmm. medically as possible
0: (laughs) yeah no i mean it's all the way through (laughs) yeah uh and 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 you know and then
1: auto fisting later Mm
0: -hmm. and Um, well he well and then the dude gets turned inside out as uh, that ultimate kind of way of defeating him yes um and uh but one not th- not
1: yeah. not before he puts his own you know fingers out of his eye sockets from the inside and and thumb out of his mouth like a bowling ball which is just like a, it's a spectacular little
0: the effects are little, tremendous yeah. the, the effects are really tremendous and I was going to say I haven't I'll make a confession I haven't seen any of the Human Centipede series, I have not seen any of these films. But n- once I saw Society, I felt like I don't have to see the Human Centipede. At least, if my if my motivation for seeing the Human Centipede is seeing how people are fused together.
1: Yeah, I don't think that anybody needs to see the Human Centipede. But have you seen um, have you seen Slither? No. It, so that movie. Um... Like, James Gunn was at Troma, worked on, like, a whole bunch of of stuff uh, with, like, real schlocky horror elements, and then, like, eventually went on to, uh, like, write some movies and direct movies that I think some people think are important. um, But his big work for me is Slither, and there's, like, that movie drew a lot of influence from movies like Society, and probably specifically from Society in terms of a flesh pile what is, what is a flesh pile? Um, that's all,
0: that's, and right. do you feel like it really is, uh, I mean, do you feel like the, the best interpretation of, uh, you know, kind of what the, the sort of sociological structure, uh, that's being lampooned, um, is that very on the nose, uh, interpretation? And, and if so, does the body just play a role of, well capitalism does eat your body and capitalism does suck the life you know out of your body for you know the, the pleasure and enrichment of these elites uh, or is, is there something else in 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 the fact that that you know this really is about fusing bodies and all of these other things that uh, that is deeper than that meaning or can we just kind of stop there
1: I mean the one of the characters I think it's a guy who I think of as Ted pharmacist because Mm um his name's like ted Ted, leo ted ferguson yeah (laughs) but but he's also kind of he's yeah he's kind of like also yeah ferguson yeah yeah why the why the long horse face guy Mm -hmm. so whatever so at some point he says um to the main character uh you know the rich or whatever our class has been has been sucking off of you forever Mm -hmm. um making it very clear that, like, yeah, we are talking about, like, the rich as a parasite class. Like, yes, uh, pe- these people will literally consume your body mm-hmm. uh, for their own enrichment. Um, there's that, but I think there's also this, like, especially early in the film, and this is, re- like, really early for this to be, um, I guess, a thing that is in the public consciousness. Um but there's this element of, like, sexual molestation, too, that, like, um, along with, like, the incest thing, like, maybe there's kind of, like, a a weird pedophilia element to it. Um, The parents are kind of, like, selling their daughter off to this judge who's, Mm -hmm. like, much, much older than she is. I think that might be a shout-out to, you know, accusations that there are literally, like, sex and pedophilia cults, um... Among like among the elites, yeah, the elites, um,
0: uh, and it didn't it take place in <laughs> Beverly Hills, yes, right. And so, I mean, it may have even been in some ways uh, a a a bit of inside criticism, insider mm-hmm. criticism in terms of the industry. And
1: yeah, it ab- absolutely in terms of uh, f- like furtherance of people's careers um, at the I guess expense of somebody else's. Mm-hmm physical integrity
0: right uh at a time at a very early time in, at, yeah in that, this, you know kind of
1: it's a little like watching this movie now um i mean that was like that was 30 years ago um i think you i don't know if you could make the same movie today um i don't i don't know if it would like i don't know if you, I, I just don't know if you could make the same movie today
0: i think it would be very different <laughs> yeah. um and I can't recommend it strongly enough. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I feel like um, it's, it's got some, it's definitely got some uh, things that will, you know, some triggering uh, things in it. Um, but, uh, but I, but I feel like um, if you are if anyone interested in uh, horror as a critique, mm-hmm. uh, really needs to see this. movie.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's absolutely foundational. Yeah. Um... In terms of like what, what horror can say about uh, about society.
0: <laughs> now you know so when I when I say that I want the widest array of people possible to see society, even though there are parts of it that are uh, that are del- indelicate. Mm-hmm. Um, when when it comes to the second film that we're talking about, Street Trash, I <laughs> honestly can't make that same recommendation i feel like a much narrower uh group of people uh would would benefit, would benefit from, seeing from this, this movie. and that the vast majority of people who saw it would be worse off for the.
1: there's a it has a whole following
0: um, it does seem to be of the two it does seem to be that you know the more Somewhat more popular uh, cult film, which, of the is two. <laughs>
1: which is a little bizarre. Uh, um,
0: it's also a body horror film, obviously. It was made in 1987, two years before Society. Uh, and the director, Jim Murrow, was a cinematographer, mm-hmm. is a cinematographer, actually, uh, on fucking Titanic for, and, and, and oh, well, a I bunch of other that. Cameron yeah. uh, films. And also was cinematographer, or no, he was a camera. I'm sorry, the director, uh, Jim Murrow, Mm -hmm. um, was a camera operator on fucking this uh, Titanic and a bunch of other Cameron films. Oh my goodness. uh, As well as the cinematographer for Crash, not the good Crash, which is the car accident fetish movie, but but the the, racist, racism Crash that won all the Academy Awards and shit. Uh, so it's he, so, Board, yeah, so Jim Murrow, uh, you know, this did not ruin his career as <gasps> no. a cinematographer. I don't know what else he's directed, but I know that he uh, has been, you know, camera and cinematography on uh, on a bunch of other films.
1: I don't know if he's directed anything else. He might have directed like another, like another 80s horror movie that's escaped me. So it must have been fascinating.
0: Tell us about Street Trash.
1: Okay so this is a bunch of plots sort of loosely piled together to make a movie um it's set in uh in brooklyn um in like i think in flatbush which it's weird that there are continually references to that throughout the movie because what i think of flatbush now is very different um but it's tried really hard to like root itself in like this new york is like gritty and dangerous aesthetic um, which I guess maybe at the time it was, uh, it is set in and around a salvage yard that is like sort of unofficially ruled over, um, by one, uh, gentleman in particular who is like a, uh, Vietnam veteran, um, and we keep getting like different uh like callbacks to that or references to like uh history of service in vietnam um as uh like in different ways um (laughs) that are more or less tolerable um and follows this uh like cast of characters most of whom are um indigent folks living in the salvage yard uh and their interactions with a liquor that was discovered, like, basically in the basement of, like, in, not just in the basement, but, like, in the hole, in a hole in the wall, in the basement of a liquor store, um, the proprietor the decides, for a yeah, the proprietor yeah. decides, this, like, this is, like, super old booze, it's expired, and decides to sell it anyway, um, for a dollar a bottle, and it causes, like, these, this is where the body horror comes in, it causes these, like, catastrophic, physical meltdowns that like from like from just from the perspective of like being on a crew look like so much fun. <laughs> like this uh-huh. is this is the well, they food. they
0: melt and turn green and shit. Yeah. Like I don't even know. They
1: like bubble. I can't even, it's yeah. almost like um like if you put salt on it. I've never done this personally, but if you put salt on a slug, like they foam and there's like this the sound design is like not good. By any stretch of the imagination, but it is interesting because there's these repeating, um, like digestive or egestive noises. Like these are the good parts of the movie. Are the parts mm-hmm. where people are melting and or exploding. Like mm-hmm. this is what makes the movie worth watching. And all of the different colors of slime. So
0: yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 I mean, I think you've you've definitely uh, laid out the premise. Is there anything else about the plot that you feel like? has to be known as we dive into kind of talking about the film and and what what's going on in it.
1: I'm not sure if you, like, want me to spoil that this movie is, like, has some, like, some major problems. Um, well. In, in a lot of ways. It has problems in terms of quality, but it also has problems with, like, race and class and gender. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: uh,
1: and has... Okay, so there's, there's some
0: really a... predatory sex scenes. There's, there's awful violence against women. Uh, there's racism. There's child abuse. Just a really brutal film well, there in is a lot abuse. of ways. Uh, and I was deeply disturbed watching it.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, like, monumentally disturbing. I think the politics are interesting.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I think you, you look at uh, aesthetics... You know, uh, 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 as you're studying them Mm -hmm. and sometimes you have to study artifacts that are uh, not necessarily things that you would enjoy just as a, necessarily as a, as a viewer.
1: Oh Um, yeah. This is um, not. But at
0: the same time, like I'm not judging, I'm not being judgy, not being judgy here. I know you like this movie, so. (laughs)
1: No, no, no. I don't necessarily like it in the same way that I like, like society. Yeah. but I think that... Well, A, I, lo- I do love like a good fizzing, like colorful, exploding body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I and would, I want to say, I this is a, a stunning super, film. Like- this is
0: visually <laughs> a stunning film. And I don't just think in terms of the 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 body you know the body's exploding and fizzing and all all that but I I, it's a big movie visually there's big exteriors uh, in the movie Uh, there's good there's solid interiors in the movie and there's this monster death scene in in uh, in front of a spectacular mural uh, on a building and it's also and this is also a daytime horror film oh yeah this is Um, almost
1: entirely in yeah and
0: so. Uh, I do feel like that makes it, you know, really, I I mean, you can tell that what Jim Monroe does is, you know, camera work and cinematography mm-hmm. because it's really the best part, I think, technically. Yeah. Uh, the the best thing you can say about the film is definitely the, uh, the shots.
1: I mean, I would watch like a super cut of all of the death scenes, mm-hmm. like way more excitedly than I will watch the rest of the movie where like where somebody lampshades like their their economic state um as being like uh entirely the fault of like their father's ptsd from vietnam while also in like that same sentence using that as an excuse to be like horrifically racist Mm
0: -hmm. i want to say just one other thing too um that i uh uh that i liked about uh or, or found interesting about it is both the vignettes and you know, which to me are like all these stories within, mm-hmm. you know, in these long scenes, like the shoplifting scene, uh, you know, uh, and the, and the, and, and along with that, I think. Uh, which has nothing to do with the rest exactly, of it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And is compatible though, I think with that approach is there's to me, like some pretty elaborate character development uh, and relationship development in some ways in the, in the films, you know, in the film with a lot of talk. You know, there's, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. like a lot of storytelling and a lot of 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 testifying of kind of what people are feeling and shit. And I feel like it must have been fun. You talk about the, how it must have been fun for the crew mm-hmm. to do all of those effects. I think it was probably fun for these actors uh, to uh, ham up, their characters so much uh, and maybe that's a karmic compensation for having actually been in the film (laughs) and kind of how horrible they must feel now uh, for having been in the film.
1: Yeah. Um, It is an incredibly hammy movie. Like it's almost, there are parts of it that are almost like watching like community theater. I think like they're uh, like not, not just community theater, but like community, like musical theater. There's like people kind of like jumping out, like, Mm -hmm. At the beginning, when the guy like follows the guy into the liquor store and is like doing this exaggerated, yeah, I like, thought
0: that was that was so. Uh, and there were there were other parts of it too. And I want to know. I mean, I don't know who wrote it, um, and I don't know. And but you know, I mean, this is also I'm not how sure that it was written. This is also a question of how Jim Morrow is directing it. Mm. There were. Lines of dialogue that while they had you know some f bombs and stuff in them, if you took out those f bombs it almost sounded like golden age era dialogue uh-huh in terms of 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 some of the of of both the slapstick stuff and you know some of the other uh, dialogue um about you know sort of what these um characters were feeling and kind of their lives and stuff like that
1: yeah. Yeah. or
0: or a, or Broadway. I mean there was yeah. just this very theatrical Yeah,
1: it's it's very it's like watching a movie that has been made by people who have like never seen a movie before but are very familiar with like the concept of a movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. acting. Or maybe haven't hadn't seen a movie for some <laughs> decades. For, yeah, for separate, yeah. several several yeah. decades. Yeah. So, okay, so what else I guess needs to be said about the movie itself um, or you know i I kind of have some questions about um, what you know what kind of the context of these two films um coming out you know around the same time and you know being I think very different they're very oh, different movies abs- yes. but having this common thread um, of, not just body horror but also class-based body horror. Yeah,
1: I I think both of them um are kind of trying to bracket like the middle class as the only and like the presumed viewer as like the only the only sane people. Everybody else is monsters. And that's like if you look at uh the late 80s um this was a time that like there was a a pretty fine line that you were sort of supposed to be walking um, of being comfortable and wealthy, but not like, you know, not too wealthy, Um, not conspicuously. So Uh, you don't want to be a yuppie. This is like right around the emergence of of that time. And I think Mm -hmm. society does like a really great job of sending up a lot of like sort of yuppie or like rich person, like, tropes from that era
0: you know in 1987 was the worst stock market crash since 1929 uh, and it uh, ushered in um, a recession uh, and it darkened the reagan sort of economic miracle claims (laughs) because uh, a lot of it was tied to deregulation Mm -hmm. and you had scandals involving people like michael Milken, and you had uh, you know, the, the very first wave of banking scandals and financial scandals as well. Uh, this, you know, certainly contextualized, I think, society mm-hmm. as a movie. Um, uh, I mean, it was what sort of that first wave of, you know, Wall Street, mm-hmm. um, you know, was really about that era. Um, and there was this image of f- finance as this roguish uh, you know, rogues and rakes Yeah, uh, were the folks that worked in that, you know, in that world. Um, and uh, Street Trash just is this wasteland. Uh, the, you know, and so it reminded me very much of a post-apocalyptic uh, film. Um, and I know that those were also uh, beginning to, you know, to become popular in the 80s as well.
1: Oh, yeah. There's... Um... I think it's neat that that movie is almost entirely set around, like, around the salvage yard, around this like particular group of people, and there's not, um, there's not like a ton of interaction with, I guess, what we're supposed to consider the mainstream. There there's is a plain
0: clothes cop. Yeah,
1: there's this th- yeah. this cop who is never ever in uniform. Um, like you would have no idea that he's a cop if you watched this film, like uh, casually. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just a, like, pain in the ass. He's a prick. Um, he's like a, he's, he's a, yeah, he's my terrible. favorite like part is, uh, uh, with him of like the movie in general is, um, there's like a, there's a, a gentleman melting, um, having consumed some of this, uh, Tenafly Viper, um, liquor, melting on a fire escape and like drips on, uh this foursome of like like yuppie couples walking down the street it's like one of the only scenes in the movie in which we see someone wearing a suit and so i just thought of this guy as like generic business like generic 80s business guy gets dripped gets like human like melting Mm -hmm. material dripped on his face and then has to interact with this like total asshole cop who's like running roughshod over this like i don't know neighborhood or zone in uh-huh. brooklyn the guy who gets stripped on his like one one of the members of his party is a a woman who like wants to know what's going on from the cop and there's this whole like like pretty like ham-fisted terrible showdown between like macho asshole cop who hates women and like shrill like straw feminists uh-huh. like 80s power business straw feminist right um and
0: he's just terrible to her yeah
1: he's yeah. terrible to her but like you're also but she's like, also yeah maybe yeah. kind of supposed to be on his side which right. is a little horrifying because the crowd is definitely on his side yes uh, no it
0: was actually the first <laughs> the, the first moment that i felt like really like wow <laughs> like this, this is, movie you know, is
1: bad. this was made
0: in 1987 wasn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and could, you know, you said society couldn't be made now.
1: Oh, there's, this is like, actually, you totally could make this movie now. Or you could make a version of this movie now. And anybody who said anything about it would just be a snowflake. Sure. Um, although, there are definitely parts that you couldn't make now. And it is very 1987 in how much um, of the plot is contingent on, like, various people... Um, including, like, the the absent father of, like, two of the characters and then also this, like, salvage yard kingpin being um, Vietnam veterans who were, like, deeply traumatized by their experiences. So, I mean, I guess you'd have to, you know, you'd have to relocate it in terms of what conflict the United States is, like, currently uh extraneously involved in to the detriment of like the entire world but you could but but that's that's one that's one of only a few major changes you'd have to make
0: and what about the the hierarchies uh, at work in each of the movies uh, you have uh, obviously you know society is very much about the way in which the hierarchy is reproduced and uh, um, and is, you know, sort of self-consuming in some ways. Uh, mm-hmm. um, in Street Trash, uh, there is a hierarchy of hobos.
1: Yeah. I think they missed a lot of, and I mean, that's obviously not what they were going for, but I think they missed a lot of analysis regarding, like, like my first thought was like, where is like, where are the regulations? Like nobody's, nobody's looking out for these people. Um well, that's, like, also true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, you know, okay to sell, like, extremely poisonous or unhealthy substances to the population. Uh, and I think, like, part of the point of this movie might have been that nobody notices. Um, mm-hmm. that, like, these people are, are dying, like, very horribly. Um, like, at one point, literally exploding. Um, and the only person who's, like, even peripherally aware... Uh, is like this asshole cop and Mm -hmm. he's more concerned with like keeping order in the neighborhood than like securing public safety in any way
0: right right uh so what happens later i mean you know this is so this is the late 80s uh you know what what do these films morph into or influence um in in later iterations
1: that's a good question. I don't know. I was a child for most of the '90s. Did they make movies then?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, they made a bunch of like uh, romantic comedies and.
1: Oh, that's yeah. I was like asleep yeah. for a lot of this.
0: I think that there were. I mean, the other thing that you had in the '90s were series horror like yes. fucking pinhead and you know all that stuff too. There.
1: There is, um, I think, definitely actually an aesthetic kinship between the Hellraiser series and society. Um, like this, like that kind of brightly lit, raw flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, like everything's a little bit shiny. Um, I don't know. It's just like very, yeah. very 80s aesthetic.
0: And obviously, Cronenberg is making movies during this time.
1: Yeah, Cronenberg is, was making movies like society both before and after um we should i mean we should we could have just done a whole podcast about david cronenberg um
0: i'm sure no one's ever done a podcast about david cronenberg <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: what if uh you know we'll flip for it every episode you take a lynch and i'll take a cronenberg and we'll battle it out um, I
0: don't know how much there is. I mean, I, I could, we could do a whole episode on Eraserhead. Yeah. Uh, oh, but again, <laughs> that's never been done. That's.
1: <laughs> um, I think there are both actually like Lynchian and like the the two good Davids. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are elements of both of their kind of work in society. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like one character whose mother is. Like yeah, she keeps keep, keeps showing up, and it's like very surreal. um Yes, John Waters. It's yeah, al- it's almost oh like, sure. a, it's like Oh
0: no, a divine like character yeah. who is the mother of the uh of the of this the, other kid's character. The, yeah, this uh, yeah. The, uh the, the like the, mystery girl. Yeah. Um Right. Right.
1: The the good one of the one percenters. Yes. Um, in this movie, yeah. yeah, her mother keeps showing up and is like nonverbal. Yep. Yeah. And. Like overly made up,
0: and I think you know is maybe a character that would be problematic uh, if if someone were to to try to remake uh, the film now.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Because so very clearly, you know, is this you know unspecified uh, developmentally. Yeah, just like
1: we've kind of injected like. Hey, you know what's weird? Big people, or it's like a people weird, who don't speak, or like,
0: and it's and it's a weird prop. I mean, yeah. that character serves a weird role, yeah, who ends up being a hero, ends up being a heroic role, yeah. Uh, though, in it, and, and again, uh, you know, so you have the, you know, the the this sort of well, uh, we'll cut this out. But, <laughs> you know, that's another rabbit hole altogether, and we're we're, we're probably running out of time. Oh yeah, you but, can go
1: pretty far on the uh, yeah. I do think, and you might like balk at this. Honestly, I do think that there are like very early shades of like Get Out in society. Yes.
0: Um, no, no, I don't. I don't disagree at all. Uh, I wondered whether uh, Jordan Peele had seen society. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like this, the main character. And I say
0: that because Jordan Peele does, is such a good reader of film.
1: Yes. I think they do. A, they really nail this uh, idea throughout the whole thing of throughout the whole film of like, is he an unreliable narrator? Um, or like, you know, is he delusional or is he being made to feel that way? Is everything really like, are his parents really like, uh, you know, aliens at one point he says to his, his therapist or his analyst, like, that he feels alienated. Um, and I, and I was like, well, yeah, that's, that's the point of the film you're in buddy. Um, but I, yeah, I think the sense of like solitude in an outsider, like the solitude of an outsider in a cult-like family um, is very... I was like, oh, this is... Yeah, I wonder if Jordan Peele saw society. <laughs> I mean, these movies are really only like jumping off points for how much body horror can do. How much body horror can do for you if you just let it into your life? Um, I think think they're using body horror in two pretty different ways, but aesthetically uh, kind of have some really interesting similarities, um, which maybe is suggestive of, like, just the fundamental nature of, like, the fear of gross stuff and the fear of, like, the hijacking of your body by someone or something else.
0: What I would say about the two of them that they have in common is they are not realist. There's not, this Mm. is not a magical horror realism. Mm -mm. They're not surrealist. I think they're slapstick. I think they're they're comedies in in very, you know, classical sense of comedy.
1: I would say like both of them have surreal elements, but maybe to the point that they are like, yeah, there's a, uh, it's almost like being at like a circus Mm -hmm. uh, or something.
0: Yeah, very performative.
1: Um, this is, like, this is very silly. Uh, and and pretty fun. Society's pretty fun.
0: Silly <laughs> and fun. Much, much <laughs> like our time here has been.
1: Your support on Patreon.com slash Solidarity House ensures that we can deliver this content to the public for free.